Welcome to the All About Music Podcast, where we will provide the best offerings about the world of music in all parts of the world. In episode 120 this time, we will discuss the history of music originating from USA. Many things are certainly not known by the general public about the history of music from each country in the world. So in this podcast we will discuss more about this. So instead of that, stay tuned with us in this episode. The music history of the United States includes many styles of folk popular and classical music. Some of the best-known genres of American music are blues, rock and roll, and country. The history began with the Native Americans, the first people to populate North America. The music of these people was highly varied in form and was mostly religious in purpose. With the colonization of America from European countries like France, Spain, Scotland, England, Ireland, and Wales came Christian choirs, musical notation, broadsides, as well as West African slaves. West African slaves played a variety of instruments, especially drums and string instruments similar to the banjo. The Spanish also played a similar instrument called the bandora. Both of these cultures introduced polyrhythms and call-and-response style vocals. As the United States incorporated more land, spreading west towards the ocean, more immigrants began to arrive in the country, bringing with them their own instruments and styles. During this time, the United States grew to incorporate the Cajun and Creole music of Louisiana, the Polynesian music of Hawaii and Tex-Mex and Tejano music. Immigrants brought with them the Eastern European polka, Chinese and Japanese music, and Polish fiddling, Scottish and Irish music, Ashkenazi Jewish klezmer, and other styles of Indian, Russian, French, German, Italian, Arab, and Latin music. In the 21st century, American popular music achieved great international acclaim. Even since the ragtime and minstrel songs of the 19th century, African Americans have greatly influenced American popular music. The rural blues of poor black southerners and the jazz of black urbanites were among the earliest styles of American popular music. At the time, black performers typically did not perform their own material, instead using songs produced by the music publishing companies of Tin Pan Alley. African-American blues evolved during the early 20th century, later evolving to create genres like rhythm and blues. During this time, jazz diversified into steadily more experimental fields. By the end of the 1940s, jazz had grown into such varied fields as bebop and jazz. Rock and roll was soon to become the most important component of American popular music. Beginning with the rockabilly boom of the 1950s, in the following decade, gospel evolved into secular soul. Rock, country, and soul mixed with each other and occasionally other styles. Spawned a legion of subgenres over the next few decades, ranging from heavy metal to punk and funk. In the 1970s, urban African Americans in New York City began performing spoken lyrics over a beat provided by an MC. This became known as hip-hop music. By the dawn of the 21st century, 
Hip-hop had become a part of most recorded American popular music and by the 2010s had surpassed rock music in overall listenership. The first musicians anywhere in North America were Native Americans who consist of hundreds of ethnic groups across the country, each with their own unique styles of folk music. Of these cultures, many and their musical traditions are now extinct, though some remain relatively vibrant in a modern form, such as Hawaiian music. By the 16th century, large-scale immigration of English, French and Spanish settlers brought new kinds of folk music. This was followed by the importation of Africans as slaves bringing their music with them. The Africans were as culturally varied as the Native Americans descended from hundreds of ethnic groups in West Africa. American music is like most of its hemispheric neighbors, a mixture of African, European and a little bit of Native influences. Still later in the country's history, ethnic and musical diversity grew as the United States grew into a melting pot of different peoples. Immigration from China began in large numbers in the 19th century, most of them settling on the West Coast. Later, Japanese, Indian, Scottish, Polish, Italian, Irish, Mexican, Swedish, Ukrainian and Armenian immigrants also arrived in large numbers. The first song copyrighted under the new United States Constitution was the Kentucky Volunteer, composed by a recent immigrant from England, Rainer Taylor. One of the first notable composers active in the U.S. and printed by the most prolific and notable musical publisher of the country's first decade, Benjamin Carr. In the 19th century, African Americans were freed from slavery following the American Civil War. Their music was a mixture of Scottish and African origin, like African-American gospel displaying polyrhythm and other distinctly African traits. Work songs and field hollers were popular, but it was spirituals which became a major foundation for music in the 20th century. Spirituals, or Negro spirituals, as they were then known, were Christian songs, dominated by passionate and earthy vocals similar to the church music of Scotland which were performed in an African style and Scottish style call-and-response format using hymns derived from those sung in colonial New England choirs which were based on Moravian, English and Dutch church music. These hymns spread south through Appalachia in the late 18th century, where they were partnered with the music of the African slaves. During the Great Awakening of religious fervor in the early 19th century, spirituals spread across the south. Among some whites, slave music grew increasingly popular, especially after the American Civil War, when black and white soldiers worked together and southern slaves fled north in huge numbers. By the end of the 19th century, minstrel shows had spread across the country and even to continental Europe. In minstrel shows performers imitated slaves in crude caricatures, singing and dancing to what was called Negro music though it had little in common with authentic African-American folk styles. An African-American variety of dance music called the cakewalk also became popular. Evolving into ragtime by the start of the 20th century, the Appalachian Mountains run along the east coast of the United States. The region has long been historically poor compared to much of the rest of the country. Many of the rural Appalachian people traveled to cities for work and were their label hillbillies. And their music became known as hillbilly music. 
In the 19th and early 20th centuries, Irish and Scottish immigrants arrived in large numbers. They mingled there with poor whites of other ethnic backgrounds, as well as many blacks. The result was a diverse array of folk styles which have been collectively referred to as Appalachian folk music. These styles included jug bands, honky-tonk and bluegrass, and are the root of modern country music. Appalachian folk music began its evolution towards pop country in 1927. When Jimmy Rogers and the Carter family began recording in a historic session with Ralph Peer, Barry Clow and Wolf 537, Rogers sang often morbid lyrical themes that drew on the blues to create tales of the poor and unlucky Collins 11, while the Carters preferred more upbeat ballads with clear vocals. Complementary instrumentation and wholesome lyrics Garo follow 53. Their success paved the way for the development of popular country, and left its mark on the developing genre of rock and roll. Though Appalachian and African-American folk music became the basis for most of American popular music, the United States is home to a diverse assortment of ethnic groups. In the early 20th century, many of these ethnic groups supported niche record industries and produced minor folk stars like Paulo Humanyuk, the king of the Ukrainian fiddlers Kokin and Kytasti, 308. Some of these ethnic musicians eventually became well-known across the country, such as Frankie Yankovic, the Slovenian polka master. This same period also saw the rise of Native American powwows around the start of the 20th century. These were large-scale inter-tribal events featuring spiritual activity and musical performances. Mostly group percussion-based means 594. Large-scale immigration of Eastern European Jews and their klezmer music peaked in the first few decades of the 20th century. People like Harry Cantle and Dave Terras become stars within their niche and made the United States the international center for klezmer. Broughton, 583. In Texas, ethnic Mexicans who had lived in the area for centuries played a distinct style of conjunto, different from that played in Mexico. The influence of Czech polka music was a major distinguishing characteristic of this music, which gradually evolved into what is now known as Norteño, or 604. The Cajuns and Creoles of Louisiana have long constituted a distinct minority with their own cultural identity. The Cajuns are descendants of French Canadians from the region of Acadia. The Creoles are black and French-speaking. Their music was a mixture of bluesy work songs mixed with jazz and other influences and included styles like Lala and Jaray. Though these genres were geographically limited, they were modernized and mixed with more mainstream styles, evolving into popular Zydeco music by the middle of the century. Broughton and Calis. 558 the first field of American music that could be viewed as popular, rather than classical or folk, was the singing of the colonial New England choirs and traveling singing masters like William Billings. It was here that techniques and traditions like shape note, lined out hymnody and sacred harp were created, gradually spreading south and becoming an integral part of the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening of the 1730s and 40s was a period of religious fervor. Among whites and blacks, both slave and free, this saw passionate evangelical Negro spirituals grow in popularity. Ferris, 98. During the 19th century, 
It was not spirituals that gained truly widespread acclaim, but rather peppy comic songs performed by minstrels in blackface, and written by legendary songwriters like Stephen Foster and Daniel Emmett. During the Civil War, popular ballads were common, some used liberally by both the North and the South as patriotic songs. Finally, late in the century, the African-American cakewalk evolved into ragtime, which became a North American and European sensation. While mainstream America was enthralled by the brass band marches of John Philip Sousa, Tin Pan Alley was the biggest source of popular music early in the 20th century. Garifula, 17. Tin Pan Alley was a place in New York City which published sheet music for dance songs like After the Ball is Over. The first few decades of the 20th century also saw the rise of popular comic musical theater, such as the vaudeville tradition and composers and writers like Oscar Hammerstein II, Jerome Kern and Ira Gershwin. At the same time, jazz and blues, two distinct but related genres began flourishing in cities like Memphis, Chicago and New Orleans and began to attract some mainstream audiences. Blues and jazz were the foundation of what became American popular music. The ability to sell recorded music through phonographs changed the music industry into one that relied on the charisma of star performers rather than songwriters. There was increased pressure to record bigger hits, meaning that even minor trends in fads like Hawaiian steel guitar left a permanent influence. The steel guitar is still very common in country music. Dominican merengue and Argentinian tango also left their mark, especially on jazz, which has long been a part of the music scene in Latin America. During the 1920s, classic female blues singers like Mamie Smith became the first musical celebrities of national renown. Gospel, blues and jazz were also diversifying during this period with new subgenres evolving in different cities like Memphis, New York, New Orleans and Chicago. Jazz quickly replaced the blues as American popular music in the form of big band swing, a kind of dance music from the early 1930s. Swing used large ensembles and was not generally improvised in contrast with the free-flowing form of other kinds of jazz. With swing spreading across the nation, other genres continued to evolve towards popular traditions. In Louisiana, Cajun and Creole music was adding influences from blues and generating some regional hit records, while Appalachian folk music was spawning jug bands, honky-tonk bars, and close harmony duets, which were to evolve into the pop folk of the 1940s bluegrass and country. The American popular music reflects and defines American society. In the 1940s, jazz evolved into an ever more experimental bebop scene. Country and folk music further developed as well, gaining newfound popularity and acclaim for hard-edged folk music. Starting in the 1920s, Boogie Woogie began to evolve into what would become rock and roll, with decided blues influences. From 1929's Crazy About My Baby, with fundamental rock elements to 1938's Roll and Pete by Big Joe Turner, which contained almost a complete formula. Teenagers from across the country began to identify with each other and launched numerous trends. Perhaps most importantly, the 1940s saw the rise of the youth culture. The first teen stars arose. 
Beginning with the Bobby Socks or Idol Frank Sinatra, this opened up new audiences for popular music, which had been primarily an adult phenomenon prior to the 1940s. In the 1940s, Boogie Woogie was using terms like rocking and rolling, borrowed from gospel and blues music, as in Good Rockin' Tonight by Roy Brown. In the 1950s, rock and roll musicians began producing direct covers of Boogie Woogie and R&B stars. For example, Shake, Rattle and Roll by Big Joe Turner, covered by Bill Haley and his Comets in 1954 and Hound Dog by Big Mama Thornton, covered by Elvis Presley in 1956 and their own original works like Chuck Berry's Maybelline in 1955. The early 1940s saw the first major commercial success for Appalachian folk. Singers like Pete Seeker emerged, in groups like the Almanac Singers and the Weavers. Lyrically, these performers drew on early singer-songwriters like Woody Guthrie. And the whole scene became gradually associated with the political left Garifula 196. By the 1950s the anti-communism scare was in full swing, and some performers with a liberal or socialist bent were blacklisted from the music industry. In the middle of the 1940s Western Swing reached its peak of popularity. It was a mixture of diverse influences including swing, blues, polka and popular cowboy songs, and included early stars like Bob Wills, who became among the best-known musicians of the era. With a honky-tonk root, modern country music arose in the 1940s, mixing with R&B and the blues to form Rockabilly. Rockabilly's earliest stars were Elvis Presley and Bill Haley, who entertained to crowds of devoted teenage fans. At the time, black audiences were listening to R&B, doo-wop and gospel, but these styles were not perceived as appropriate for white listeners. People like Haley and Presley were white, but sang in a black style. This caused a great deal of cheese controversy from concerned parents who felt that race music, as it was then known, would corrupt their children. Nevertheless, Rockabilly's popularity continued to grow up, paving the way for the earliest rock stars like Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, Little Richard and Fats Domino. Among country fans Rockabilly was not well regarded, citation needed, instead, the pop sounds of singers like Hank Williams and Patsy Cline became popular. Williams had an unprecedented run of success with more than 10 chart-topping singles in two years, 19,501,951, including well-remembered songs still performed today like I'm So Lonesome I Could Cry and Cold Cold Heart. It was performers like Williams that established the city of Nashville. Tennessee is the center of the country music industry. Their country and pop were mixed, resulting in what was known as the Nashville sound. The early 1970s saw popular music being dominated by folk-based singer-songwriters like John Denver, Carole King and James Taylor, followed by the rise of heavy metal subgenres glam, country rock and later, disco. Philly soul and pop funk was also popular, while world music fusions became more commonplace and a major klezmer revival occurred among the Jewish community. 
Beginning in the early 1970s, hip-hop arose in New York City, drawing on diverse influences from both white and black folk music, Jamaican toasting and the performance poetry of Gil Scott Heron. Heavy metal's early pioneers included the British bands Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, though American cult bands Blue Cheer and the Velvet Underground also played a major role. Their music was hard-edged and bluesy, with an often menacing tone that became more pronounced in later subgenres. In the beginning of the 1970s, heavy metal-influenced glam rock arose, and musicians like David Bowie became famous for gender-bending costumes and themes. Glam was followed by mainstream bombastic arena rock and light progressive rock bands becoming mainstream, with bands like Styx and Chicago launching popular careers that lasted most of the decade. Glam metal, a glitzy form of Los Angeles metal, also found a niche audience but limited mainstream success. With the Bakersfield sound the dominant influence outlaw country singers like Willie Nelson and Waylon Jennings were the biggest country stars of the 1970s. Alongside country rock bands like Leonard Skinner and Allman Brothers Band who were more oriented towards crossover audiences. Later in the decade and into the next, these both mixed with other genres in the form of heartland rockers like Bruce Springsteen, while a honky-tonk revival hit the country charts led by Dwight Yoakam. Hip-hop was a cultural movement that began in Bronx in the early 1970s consisting of four elements. Two of them, rapping and DJing, make up hip-hop music. These two elements were imported from Jamaica by DJ Cool Herc. At neighborhood block parties DJs would spin popular records while the audience danced. Soon, an MC arose to lead the proceedings. As the DJ began isolating and repeating the percussion breaks the most popular, danceable part. MC's introductions became more and more complex, drawing on numerous African-derived vocal traditions and became the foundation of rapping. By the end of the decade, hip-hop had spread across the country, especially in Los Angeles and Chicago. Cuban and Puerto Ricans in New York invented salsa in the early 1970s using multiple sources from Latin America in the pan-Latin melting pot of the city. Puerto Rican plena and bomb and Cuban cha-cha-cha, Sun Montuno and Mambo were the biggest influences alongside Jamaican, Mexican, Dominican, Trinidadian, Argentinian, Colombian and Brazilian sources. Many of the earliest salsa musicians like Tito Puente had had a long career in various styles of Latin music. Salsa grew very popular in the 1970s and into the next two decades spreading south to Venezuela, Colombia, Puerto Rico, Mexico, Peru and especially Cuba. Punk rock arose as a reaction against what had come before. Early punks believed that hollow greed had destroyed American music and hated the perceived bombacity and arrogance of the biggest bands of the 1970s. It arose in London and New York with numerous regional centers by the end of the decade when acts like Ramones and Patti Smith saw unprecedented success for their defiantly anti-mainstream genre. It was the British band The Clash, however, that became wildly popular, more so in the UK than the US, and set the stage for adoption of elements of punk in popular music in the 1980s. Main Articles 1980s and Music Section The US
and North America, 1990s and music section, the U.S. and North America, and music history of the United States, 1980s to the present. The 1980s began with new wave dominating the charts, and continued through a new form of silky smooth soul, and ended with a popular glam metal trend dominating mainstream America. Meanwhile, the first glimmer of punk rock's popularity began, and new alternative rock and hardcore found niche markets. Hip-hop diversified as a few artists gained mainstream success, finally breaking through in the last few months of the decade in the 1980s. Hip-hop saw its first taste of mainstream success with LL Cool J and Curtis Blow. Meanwhile, hip-hop was continuing its spread from the East Coast to most major urban areas across the country. And abroad, at the end of the decade, two albums broke the genre into the mainstream. Public Enemies It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back and NWA's Straight Outta Compton broke through with highly controversial and sometimes violent lyrics. NWA proved especially important, launching the career of Dr. Dre and the dominant West Coast rap sound of the next decade. That same year, 1989, De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising became the earliest release of alternative hip-hop, and numerous regional styles of hip-hop saw their first legitimization, including Chicago Hip House, Los Angeles Electro Clash, Miami Space, Washington DC's Go-Go and Detroit's Ghetto Tech. Drawing inspiration from the rebellious attitudes of the civil rights movement and groups like Public Enemy, many intelligent and politically minded rappers began what is known as underground hip-hop with artists like Boots Riley from The Coup Leading The Way. As the 1990s began, hair metal was dominating the charts, especially formulaic bands like Xtreme. In reaction to that the first few years saw a sea change in American popular music. Nirvana's Nevermind along with Alice in Chains Pearl Jam and Soundgarden launched the defiantly anti-mainstream grunge movement among mainstream audiences while Drive. Dre's The Chronic brought his West Coast G-Funk sound to widespread success. Both these trends died out quickly, however, grunge done in by Kurt Cobain's death and disillusionment with grunge. A form of alternative rock becoming mainstream, G-Funk lasted a few years, displacing East Coast rap as the dominant sound of hip-hop. A rivalry began fed by the music news, focusing on West Coast's Tupac Shakur and the East Coast's notorious B.I.G. By the middle of the decade, Tupac and Biggie were shot dead, and Dr. Dre's death row records had fallen apart. East Coast rappers like Puff Daddy, 50 Cent and Busta Rhymes re-established the East Coast, while Atlanta's Outkast and other performers found a mainstream audience. Alanis Morissette, one of the top-selling artists of the 1990s, injected renewed popularity to singer-songwriters such as Tori Amos Jewell and Sarah McLachlan. In the wake of grunge and gangster rap came a fusion of soul and hip-hop called neo-soul, some popularity for British Britpop and the rise of bands like Sublime and No Doubt, playing a form of pop-punk influenced by Jamaican ska and British two-tone ska-punk fusionists from the early 1980s. Techno also became popular, though nowhere as near as much so as in most of the rest of the world. At the turn of the millennium, bubblegum pop groups like Backstreet Boys and Britney Spears were dominating the charts. 
Many of them with a Latin beat. Shakira, Ricky Martin, and rappers like Jay-Z and Eminem were huge stars. Some garage rock revivalists like the White Stripes and the Hives became highly hyped bands in the indie rock field and achieved substantial mainstream success. The first few years of the 2000s saw the further rise of pop hip-hop fed by the breakthrough success of Eminem. Indeed, hip-hop became an essential element of nearly all popular music during this period, resulting in new fusions like new metal. Pop thug rappers like Ja Rule were nationally renowned, though hard-edged hip made a return within a few years with the rise of 50 Cent. Politically-minded hip-hop in the tradition of Public Enemy and Boogie Down Productions has also diversified since the early 1990s with groups like The Coup, Sweatshop Union, Mr. Leaf Paris, Immortal Technique and many others. That is a summary that we can give about the history of USA music. We are sorry if there are mistakes in the words we say. Don't forget to follow our podcast and share with your friends if we are here. Well, to close this podcast episode, we will play a song from the famous USA musician Lionel Richie with entitled Hello. Thank you and see you in the next episode.
Start by saying I love you. 